0: Amazon best-selling author, Troy L. Love.
1: I'm standing in the forest at 6 a.m. in the morning. It's freezing cold. I'm 30-something years old. I don't have any shoes on. I have decided to join the Boy Scouts at Scout Camp for the Tenderfoot Run. And I thought that the Tenderfoot run was some kind of initiation, which means that you're supposed to run without your shoes on. Because when I was a young Boy Scout, they did challenges like that, like the polar bear challenge, where we sat for 60 seconds under a glacier runoff of icy cold water and to see who could stay in there the longest and so i thought that the tenderfoot run was some kind of initiation for people and so i have showed up at 6 a.m in my shorts and my t-shirt without my shoes or socks and i am a 30 year old 30 something year old man i'm a grown man you would have thought that i would have thought that through but seriously I believed that this was some kind of initiation. And I realized, as I'm standing there about two miles away from my tent, my campground, that this isn't some kind of initiation because all of the other men and all of the other boys are wearing their shoes and socks. And so I am looking down at my feet that are turning blue and I'm looking at all the other guys, and they're doing their stretches, and I am starting to realize that this is not a Tenderfoot run. And the light bulb goes on, and I'm like, oh, the Tenderfoot run is the second advancement that a Boy Scout can make after they join the Boy Scouts. The first is Scout, which basically you only have to accomplish a couple of things and then you get that. But really, the first advancement badge that you earn is the Tenderfoot badge, and there are quite a few things that the boy has to jump through. And I thought, oh, well, isn't this nice? As I mentioned, the camp, my camp, where my shoes are, are about two miles away. And I thought to myself, by the time I run up there and run back, to start all the other guys will have run and left without me and so i decided i was going to run the tenderfoot run with my bare feet i was pretty determined that i was going to do this and so i started to run and i'm stepping on twigs and pokey things and sharp grass and oh it was incredibly painful And I, needless to say, did not finish the Tenderfoot run. I'm sharing this with you because it feeds into the question that I wanted to answer for this week. And so it's time for answering the questions. This question comes from a Finding Peace retreat alumni, Randall, who said... Why do I tend to get stuck in reliving responses learned from the past where trauma was experienced and is often triggered? That is a great question, Randall, and I'm going to try and answer that using this analogy of me deciding to run this tenderfoot race. Have you ever been on a playground or do you remember when you were a little kid and you were playing, whether it was fantasy games or you were playing sports or some kind of other kind of game, and it didn't go the way that you wanted, and so you yell, do over, do over, you get to try again. It's the child's way of trying to set up a different outcome from the one that they had, so they do a do over. They change the dynamic so that the outcome is a little bit different. And when we learned how to do that as kids, and it worked really well, especially with our imagination being so powerful as it was. But we also try to do that as adults. We want to have do-overs. We have been wounded. We have wounds of loss, rejection, abandonment, betrayal, neglect, abuse. We have those wounds and they hurt. And part of our nature is we want to have a do-over. We want to reset that. We want to have an experience where we are not rejected or where we're not neglected or we're not betrayed. And so what we end up doing is inadvertently we put ourselves in situations where there is a high likelihood that we're going to be rejected or that we're going to be neglected or betrayed. And what we're hoping is that this time it will be different. This time we will not be rejected. We will not be abused. We will not experience the loss. So I don't know how we do it, but we tend to put ourselves and repeat situations over and over and over, hoping that it will be a different outcome. Einstein is attributed to say, I don't know if he actually is the one that said it, but insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. What we are trying to do, really, is we're trying to figure out how to change the outcome so that we don't get hurt anymore. It's one of the reasons why we end up marrying people who are very similar to our parents. Our spouses hate it when we say that, but the truth is that that tends to be a common thing for a lot of us. We end up marrying people who are very similar to our parents. Why do we do that? Honestly, I think that there's a part of us that's hoping to have a different outcome. If our parent was someone who was rejecting, we're hoping that this person, who is similar to our parent in some way, is going to be accepting. If our parent was neglectful, we're, and we find this person who we maybe don't even recognize at the time, but has a lot of similar traits as our parents, we're hoping that they will pay attention to us. So we're trying really hard to experience a different outcome than the one that we experienced as a child inevitably we end up being put in the same kind of situations where those wounds are triggered and those wounds are flared up again we also try as we might we try not to become our parents we try to behave in ways that are different than our parents and One of the most powerful experiences that I had that made me realize, oh my gosh, I am a lot more like my father than I ever wanted to admit, was shortly after we moved to Yuma, my wife and I went to a home and garden show where they had different vendors and different things, and right smack dab in the middle of this convention center was this cooking show that was going on where they were demonstrating these pans and pots and pans that were supposed to be freaking amazing. I liked cooking and so I sat down and we watched the show and the more that they cooked and the more they talked about these pans, the more I realized, yeah, these are amazing. And then they told us that that we would be able to keep these pans and they would last us for decades and if one of them broke or whatever, we could turn it in and get a lifetime guarantee. And I thought, wow, this is a great deal. And they, they said things like, well, how many times do you have to throw your pans away? You should never, ever have to throw these pans away. And the more that they talked about it, the more that I thought, wow, this this is a great deal. And then they said, oh, it's $2,000. And I thought, oh, I've, I'm going to buy these pans. This is great. So we were dumb and I handed over my credit card and got into debt for these pans that I probably shouldn't have bought. I didn't think anything of it other than uh, probably having a little bit of buyer's remorse, but about a year and a half later, my father and his wife came down to visit us, and he told us the story about how they decided to go to this home and garden show in their hometown. And right smack dab in the middle of the home and garden show was this cooking demonstration, and they had these amazing pans. And guess what my dad did? He turned over his card, and he bought these pans too! And, in that moment, I had this awakening, like, "Oh my gosh, I am just like my father. I had this little light bulb moment that, oh my goodness, I'm just like him and it's very interesting, as I am a therapist and i and a life coach, and I'm working with people. I notice that these are some patterns that happen, these redos that we keep wanting to experience. We want to have different outcomes we want to change the dynamics. As Randall says, why do I tend to get stuck reliving responses of past trauma? Well, that's what's going on, buddy. You are trying to have a different outcome. Instead of those wounds getting smacked and hurt and reopened, you're wanting someone to put some ointment on there or put a band-aid on there or help it heal. You want some love and some compassion. The challenge is that What we're doing isn't working the right way. We keep putting ourselves in these situations where we end up getting hurt again because of that desire to have a redo, but it's not working. And part of the reason it's not working is Sue Johnson says, if you want to do a different dance, then you need to change the music. Have you ever been to watch teenagers dance and when they have the fast songs, everybody's in the middle and they're all doing their best Fortnite dance imitations and everybody's jumping around and everything's great. But then a slow song comes on and what happens? The crowd scatters, all the kids go to the edges of the room and only a few courageous souls will go and ask somebody else to dance. And then they dance very slowly, they rock back and forth. What happened? Well, the what happened was the music changed. And because the music changed, the behaviors changed. What is the music that we need to change in our lives to have a different outcome? Well, the music is actually the stories that are tattooed on our hearts that continue to be reinforced by our shadows. And until we learn how to change those stories, and until we learn how to come up with a different story, we are inevitably going to continue to put ourselves in situations where we're going to keep reliving the same thing. It's almost as if we're trying to find evidence to reinforce the story that I'm not worthy or there's something wrong with me. But when we change the story, then we're going to inevitably start to find situations that prove that that is the case, that I am worthy of love and belonging, that I matter, that I can get my needs met. So here I am standing with my bare feet getting ready to run this tenderfoot run and the outcome or the expectation that I have is that I am going to do this. I'm going to do this because I said that I was going to run this race and I don't want anyone to see me as a failure, so I'm going to run this race in my bare feet. Truthfully, I don't think anybody saw me as a failure. I think they saw me as a crazy person who was going to run a race barefoot. And as I was getting ready to do this podcast, I realized that I could have run back to my tent and got my shoes and run back. And I would have ran the same distance as the people who are running the Tenderfoot race. I would have run the same distance. I would have been going a different direction. I wouldn't have necessarily been going along with the crowd. But as I sit with this podcast, I'm thinking, I would have ran it. And I probably would have been able to run on the dirt roads, which would have been a little bit more easy on my feet instead of trying to run through the woods. But I didn't think about that at the time because my mindset was... I'm supposed to run the tenderfoot race. I'm supposed to. And it wasn't until I'm sitting here doing this podcast that I realized I could have told myself a different story and the outcome would have been different. I could have challenged the story and come up with another outcome. One of the messages that I often say is it's not the bad things that have happened to you that cause you the problems. It's the stories that we end up believing about ourselves that cause the problems. And when we continue to tell ourselves those stories, then we continue to put ourselves in situations hoping that something magical will happen and it will be a different outcome. But it doesn't. We put ourselves in the same situations where we're hoping that we won't be rejected or we're hoping we won't be abandoned, but instead we put ourselves in situations where those wounds are going to get stirred up again. It's an interesting process to work through this because in some ways it is these situations that we keep putting ourselves in that are the opportunity for us to practice something different. And so as much as we don't want to be put in a situation where we feel these wounds getting triggered, it's also an opportunity for us to try something different. And just like the kids who are on the playground and they say they want to redo, what they do when they do a redo is they try something different. They don't do the exact same thing again. They do something different. So the outcome is different. And what we can do, so the outcome is different, is we can start to tell ourselves a different story. We can start to own and rewrite the negative tattoos on our heart with positive tattoos that say, I matter, that I am important, that I have value, I have something to contribute, I am worthy of love and belonging, I have choices, I am safe, I can choose who I want to share my life with, I can choose who I'm going to be open with instead of the negative core beliefs that tell me that I can't and that I'm not enough and that I'm powerless. Why do we continue to put ourselves in situations? Well, the bottom line is because we're wanting a different outcome. So let's get a different outcome. Let's try to tell a different story. I've had opportunities to run other races now, and I didn't show up without my shoes. I didn't show up without my equipment. I showed up stretched, ready to go, and I had the right equipment. And it was so much easier. I was able to run with the other people in the race. I was able to have a wonderful time. It wasn't painful because I told myself a different story. I told myself, I don't have to put myself in this torturous situation. I can be prepared. And so I was, and it was a wonderful experience. I hope that as you think about some of the situations that you continue to find yourself in where you continue to maybe be abandoned or rejected or neglected or betrayed, ask yourselves, well, is there a story that I keep telling myself that then sets me up to look for evidence, and I put that in air quotes, evidence that continues to reinforce that story? And can I do something to maybe challenge that story? And there's lots of ways that we can do that. And in the Finding Peace workbook, I give you some tools about how you can do that. You can go to a life coach or a therapist and they can help you challenge those. You can read books about how to challenge your negative thoughts. There's lots of different things that you can do. But the first part is to identify what is the story that I continue to live? What's the story and is it actually true?
0: You've been listening to the Finding Peace podcast. If we added value to your life, let us know or give us a rating. Before you go, subscribe to the show and get new episodes as soon as they are published. Thank you for spending part of your journey with us. And don't forget to grab your free copy of the Amazon best-selling book, The Art of Peace, by going to www.troyllove.com. Copyright Finding Peace Consulting.